0: Greetings everyone and welcome to episode 8 season 2 of the Universal Freemason Podcast. I am your host JT Asher, president and founder of the Universal Freemason Research Society, which is a non-profit educational corporation teaching Masonic philosophies to any and all who wish to use Masonic philosophies to improve themselves as we work together to improve society. The Tyler has been dismissed. This podcast is open to open minds because there are no secrets here. (laughs) Okay, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Universal Freemason Podcast. I am most grateful that you are here again with me, and I thank you very much for for being here. On June 6, 1944, my great-uncle, John Henry Baker, a member of the 82nd Airborne United States Army, was mid-flight in his glider in a World War II mission known as D-Day. And he was being towed by a powered aircraft. My great uncle told me in that moment how he checked his watch and it was 12.01 AM, June 6, 1944. The tow rope was detached from the glider and he and his troops Uh, that were also being transported in that glider were on their descent into Normandy, France to fight the Nazis. Now the glider was supposed to land behind enemy lines but because of the amount of troops and materials the glider was loaded with the glider was overweight and landed within reach of the Nazis. My uncle And the troops with him quickly surrendered. And they were taken as prisoners of war by the Nazis. And my uncle spent, I believe it was uh, uh, one or two years in a Nazi prisoner of war camp. It was no picnic. My uncle told stories of frequent interrogations by the Nazis and being nearly starved to death. He recounted having to forage for whatever he could find to eat, which included rats and even cats that would find their way into the prisoner of war camp there. My uncle survived the war. It took some time before the Nazis released the POWs, and I was fortunate to know him uh, through my teenage years and hear firsthand accounts of what it was like to survive World War II as a POW. Today, as I record this podcast, it is June 6th, 2021. D-Day was 77 years ago today when troops banded together worldwide to fight off fascism and Nazism. So hopefully future generations would not have to endure that evil ever again. I take a moment to remember their sacrifices and to remember my great-uncle, John Henry Baker, who I lost when I was about 18 years old to emphysema. He was in his 70s then. I hope that their fight against Nazism and fascism was not in vain, and I hope collectively we recognize how evil both are and vow to never let it take root again. But just like their fight 77 years ago, today we seem to have a fight on our hands. And switching gears, thank you for listening as I said. On a personal note, um, I had obtained a grant a few months ago to return to college and finish my degree that I am very close to finishing. My class started last week, which is um, Introduction to Comparative Politics or Political Science 2200. I've been enjoying this class a lot as um, I am a political science major. And this class has been helpful to me to reimagine the concepts of nations and states and to revisit the uh, ideas of nations and states, and to recall that nations and states—well, <laughs> we all know that they are just concepts, right? These borders are drawn uh, many years ago by people uh, who—I uh, think we've even forgotten what their intent was. So, and and really, it indeed it's helpful to remember that uh, we are humans. Uh, schlepping along in a conceptual kind of game, in conception, conceptual borders, idealized places and times. You know, we are more the same than we are different, but the nations and states want us all to believe that because we are a citizen of X nation, somehow that makes us exceptional. And uh, I often remember that liberty, equality, equality, And fraternity knows no borders. But on the flip side of that, neither do prejudices and hate or love or acceptance. And what we choose to espouse to our fellow world citizens creates the societies in which we live in today. So please, I always tell myself, choose wisely. Err on the side of love and acceptance rather than Nazism and fascism. <laughs> um, let's make we make the world better when we uh, are more accepting and loving of one another. And when we return from a quick word from our sponsor, Anchor Podcast App, we will explore the virtues of ex- accepting the world as a wonderful place, not an evil place, and loving the life that the Creator has given us. Portions of the lecture from the 8th degree of Scottish Rite Freemasonry, also known as Intendant of the Building, from Albert Pike's magnum opus, will be read when we return. (laughs) This is the Universal Freemason Podcast. I'll be right back Okay and I am back and I can't say thank you enough. I know I say it a lot. <laughs> but um thank you very much for over 5,100 plays of this podcast since March of 2020. I honestly, I continue to be absolutely humbled. And uh, I'm always hopeful that you take something away from this podcast that helps you along in your journey. Uh, So thank you very much. Your time spent here, as far as I'm concerned, is is not in vain, and I appreciate you all. So today, we'll read from the uh, 8th degree lecture of Scottish Rite Freemasonry from the book Magnum Opus by... Albert Pike, but before we do that, let's start again by reading a bit of a a synopsis from uh, Brother Rex Hutchins' book, A Bridge to Light, where Brother Hutchins has done a great job explaining the uh, fourth through the 32nd degree, Uh, and Brother Hutchins explains that the eighth degree lessons, and this is also, as I mentioned, is known as The Intendant of the Building degree. Uh, The lessons in there are benevolence and charity demand that we correct our own faults and help those who also have faults. We help other people correct their faults as well. And we do it in a loving way. And another lesson of the eighth degree is that uh, that which a man knows dies with him. Therefore, transmit your knowledge. And labor is honorable if done with sobriety, temperance, punctuality, and industry. And that's something that uh, when we have bad stretches with our employers, uh, that's something that is helpful to remember is that we are employed to do a duty and even when you can't please those that are in management uh, even when they when you feel that they're looking down on you even when you feel that you're not appreciated by them there's a higher power that we answer to it's not and it isn't them (laughs) Um, and that is both spiritual and temporal and the other higher power we listen to or we work for is for the human beings that depend on us to do those duties. Uh, For instance, I don't uh, perform my duties correctly or very well, then I have a lot of people that could be in unsafe and uncomfortable uh, situations as they uh, use a building. Uh, As a heating and air conditioning uh, technician and uh, professional, one of the things that i know one of the things that keeps me going is the heating and air conditioning should never be noticed it should be it should be assumed that when you walk through a door of a building that i care for that the heating and air, you are going to be comfortable and you won't even recognize it hopefully you might be a little too comfortable and you won't want to leave (laughs) so but i do that because I owe that duty to my fellow human being. I don't owe that duty to persons in management. If I uh, mentally kept myself beholden to them, uh, who knows what might or might not get done. So I answer to a higher power as do we all. And uh, for reflection in this degree, uh, we are also to ask, uh, according to brother Rex Hutchins, is this life more than a portal to another life. And Brother Rex Hutchins explains in A Bridge to Light that Pike reminds us in Morals and Dogma that these degrees are not for those who will refuse to explore the minds of wisdom in the teachings of the Scottish Rite. And also Brother Hutchins says that only when we have learned to practice all the virtues uh, the degrees in inculcate are we prepared to receive the, its lofty philosophical instruction and then scale the heights upon which uh, whose summit light and truth sit enthroned. And as I mentioned, that's from A Bridge of Light uh, from Brother Rex Hutchins. And I'm just going to add uh, that maybe you wonder, well, how do I garner this knowledge that the Scottish Rite offers? (laughs) And believe me, in the Scottish Rite, there are uh, enormous amounts of books and lectures uh, that one could engulf themselves in for hours on end during a day. And there's only so much time we have in life, so we'll never absorb it all. But I think a good start, and not to toot my own horn, but uh, into gaining this knowledge is to, you know, listen to podcasts such as this. Um, there's other podcasts out there too that are just as good as or better than mine. Uh, one way that I have um, helped to improve my knowledge of Scottish Rite philosophy is I joined the uh, Scottish Rite. Research Society, and I've been a member of the Scottish Right Research Society uh, for almost 10 years now. And uh, the $55 a year that I spend to be a Scottish Rite uh, Research Society member is really the best money that I spend in a year on things outside of food and, of course, uh, lodging <laughs> and uh, medical. Um, And I say this as uh, this is an unsolicited uh, endorsement for the Scottish Right Research Society Um, just because I love it. The uh, Scottish Right Research Society in no way endorses this podcast Um, but I do this because I love being a member of the SRRS and I encourage uh, anyone who has an open mind to do so to look up the Scottish Rite Research Society online. Um, You don't have to be a, uh, uh, necessarily be a uh, Mason to to do so. Uh, It's a nonprofit, just like um, uh, my uh, uh, podcast is. Um, And the Universal Freemason Research Society, of course, there's nothing here to join. And I've I've set it up that way on purpose. but for the Scottish Rite Research Society, when you join, you get a wonderful newsletter and all kinds of free bonus books. Um, the Heredom book, which is a collection of Scottish Rite lectures for the, the year. Um, and one of the bonus books I got that I just love, and I've been reading uh, from this book for the last uh, eight episodes now, is... Um, Albert Pike's Magnum Opus, which is really a beautifully done book. I posted a picture of the cover on my Twitter page, at you, Freemason, if you want to check it out. But uh, they uh, they don't slouch when it comes to the quality of their books that they send you. Okay, enough of that. Let's now read what Pike wrote in the lecture of the eighth degree. Pike writes that we ourselves make our fortunes good or bad and when god lets loose a tyrant upon us or a sickness or scorn or a lessened fortune if we fear to die or know not how to be patient or are proud or covetous then the calamity sits heavy upon us but If we know how to manage a noble principle, we may still bear an even mind and smile at the reverses of fortune and the ill nature of fate. Now, that's strong advice. So what Pike's saying here is we ourselves, our own mind, um, tells us how good or bad things are going to be for us. Um, and I have this saying that uh, I've kind of held on to, especially after I had a my cancer diagnosis oh, uh, eight or so years ago now and had to go through all of my uh, uh, surgeries and everything when I was uh, diagnosed with, with that cancer. And I and had a saying that, you know, nothing is ever as good as it seems or as bad as it seems, you know things just are now uh, that doesn't mean that human nature uh, you know dictates emotions when things don't go our way <laughs> so we can be having a bad day and and really feel the gloom right but as Pike mentions uh, in that paragraph you know we ourselves make our for our our fortunes good or bad it's in our mind Uh, How we learn to deal with what seems to be ups and downs in life uh, will dictate how we're able to endure the ups and downs. And as I mentioned, Lord knows I've seen plenty of both in my almost uh, 54 years on earth now. And just like everyone listening to this, you've all seen it, good and bad times too. Now, uh, you know, as I said, I'll add, uh, this doesn't mean that we have to be Pollyanna about fate either. Uh, You know, if your house is sliding down a a cliff or your car is on fire, uh, nobody expects you to, you know, roll out the barrel and we'll have a barrel of fun, right? (laughs) It's no time for a polka party. But uh, to realize that all things can and do pass, and to plan for a better next time to have hope for a better day even when things don't seem very hopeful at the moment um, that is healthy just to prepare for better and hold on and try to get through the worst time that you feel like you're going through at the time and you know that brings me to this paragraph from pike in the eighth degree lecture as well he says compare not your condition with the few above you, or the people who you think have it better than you do, but to secure your contentment, look upon the thousands with whom you would not, by any means, change your fortune or condition. <laughs> so, in other words, don't covet what you think's better uh, than what you have. Uh, look at how bad it can be for others <laughs> that you're doing better than, um, and. You know, aren't you glad uh, you don't have their plight? <laughs> I mean, um, for instance, you know, uh, on a daily basis, I, I see people that are very destitute in uh, here in Salt Lake City. And, uh, you know, people have tents pitched on sidewalks lately. Um, and uh, if they're that lucky, uh, there's a lot of people that are just sleeping on the sidewalk or on a bench or passed out either one. Um, and you know, and it's not far from where I live, and I actually live in a, a really decent neighborhood too, so, um, on the, you just go five miles one way, and, uh, boy, it's hell on wheels, and you, you really see, uh, what destitution, and, uh, sometimes it's drug abuse, and sometimes it's mental illness, uh, can do to a whole group of people. And so I see that every day, and I and I think, man, I'm glad at least I have. If I'm gonna have to fight cancer, right? At least I have a house to do it in, <laughs> you know. At least I have insurance to help me through it. Um, so uh, I'm not on the street just suffering. So that's one way to look at look at things, you know. Um, and I'm, you know, and and actually, and honestly, uh, I live in a fairly small house. Uh, and uh, As I said, it's in a very good neighborhood, very small house. But then I look at these bigger houses that are up on a hill, literally uh, above me where I live, and I think to myself, man, I'm glad I don't have to work too hard to afford the upkeep of that bigger house, or, uh, namely the utilities for the heating or cooling. Um, it, you'd have to work 10 times harder <laughs> than I'm working now. Um, to afford that, it reminds me of a, a young couple uh, many years ago. Uh, I, when I started out in, in the heating and air conditioning trade, I did a residential heating and air conditioning, um, and I was employed by an employer who put these heating and air conditioners in some brand new homes that were uh, it's about 40 miles from where I live, a brand new subdivision. Huge homes with these big vaulted ceilings, and uh, and sometimes I would I was going through a phase there where I would look at what these big places they have, so much more storage, so much more space to roam, and that all ended one day when I got called out to go look at this young couple's house. It was a young couple with like two or three kids, really young kids, and. They said, and, and the call was their utility bills are much, high, are much higher than they were before they moved to this new home. And so I'm like, well, okay, let me go, you know, so check out and make sure that you have the right uh, that the furnace is burning correctly, make sure that everything's running efficient. No problem. So I remember I go out there, and it's uh, probably early December late October maybe mid you know November we were getting cold here and I go I walk in and everyone the kids are running around in uh in their diapers everyone's in short sleeves you know whatever right and the house the thermostats were jacked up to like 80 degrees (laughs) I mean literally and uh so I, I say I do go about my business, I meet the, the couple and they and they start telling me, complaining, Yeah, we don't understand why this is costing us so much and I look up, they have this big vaulted ceiling, um, probably, you know, two stories high, right? Where all the heat's just gonna move straight up to the highest point because as we know, heat energy rises. And I said, Okay, I go down to the basement, I check everything out, I I take out a gas pressure reading. Everything's running just exactly the way that it should run. And I go up and I break the news to this couple. And I said, sir, ma'am, everything is operating normally here. Well, why is our utility bill, you know, five times high? Why is it $300 a month? We can barely afford that on our mortgage. And I asked them. I said we were paying fifty dollars a month where we used to live. I said, sir, it was the husband talking. And I said, sir, can let me just ask you this: Where did you live before? How much square footage did you have? I said, because you're about three thousand or more square feet here, and you have this big bolted ceiling. Where are you coming from with fifty dollars a month? And he says, well. We were, come from a condo and we probably had all 800 square feet. And of course, the and our ceiling was, you know, not more than nine feet tall. <laughs> and I said, Sir, you have, you got to remember, you're in a bigger place. It takes more energy to heat and cool this place. I said, You haven't even seen your electric bill in the summer yet. I told him, I said, Sir, I would recommend highly that you turn the heat down to, oh, about maybe 65. um, Put everyone in some clothes (laughs) and dress up like, you know, you're going to have to keep warm with clothes on because if you're going to want to cut your utility bills, you can't run your house at 80 degrees and expect (laughs) to not (laughs) spend so much. And, of course, you know, I insulted him because now I'm picking on the way that they live according, you know, to what he's hearing. And I had to apologize, but I told him, I said, sir, I live in a very small house. I said, I don't have more than 950 square feet, and my bills are the same as what yours used to be. So I recommend, um, you know, you're living in bigger now. You're living bigger now, so you're going to have to adopt to how, your, how big your space is. <laughs> so... But that day, it made me realize that, you know, be thank- I was thankful for what I had. I was living in such a smaller, older place. I mean, my, our home was built in the 40s. Of course, a brand new home with all the sparkling new, you know. And it taught me a lesson when I talked to them that, you know, I can afford to live where I live. Um, I can afford my heating and air conditioning. And trust me, um, that's a bigger expense than than you might even realize if, if you're living out of, outside of your means. So um, well, anyway, a little story, I didn't mean to sidetrack, but be thankful for what you have. Be thankful for the, for the moment and the time in which you're in. And uh, lastly, uh, to close uh, our look at the eighth degree lecture, uh, let's, uh, let's take a look at what Pike writes to, uh, to end. Pike writes that masonry teaches that man has high duties to perform and a high destiny to fulfill on this earth. This world is not merely the portal. This life, though not our only life, is an integral one in which we are to be most concerned with. The present is our scene of action. The future is for speculation and for trust. Man was sent upon this earth to live in it, to study it, to embellish it, and to make the most of it. And I hope that we're all making the most of our time here and enjoying the beauty around us. The squirrels, the birds, everything that we see. I have a very beautiful view of mountains where I live Um, or you live. There might be flat plains that are beautiful green and rolling hills, Uh, beautiful lakes and rivers. Um, We have really been put on a beautiful planet and uh, I hope that we can continue to take care of it. And I also hope that your plight is an easy one. And I hope that your burden is light. And your future remains to be bright. Thank you again for taking time out of your busy day. Or night, as it might be, to listen. I am deeply grateful that you share your time with me and with this podcast. My name is J.T. Asher. This has been the Universal Freemason Podcast. Go in peace, so mote it be.